Welcome to Heart to Heart, a Horizon produced podcast. My name is Christina Pearl, and today we are sitting down with John, who is going to open up about his experiences throughout treatment and what keeps him motivated on his recovery journey. John, thank you so much for sitting down with us today and being willing and open to share your journey. And I would love to start off by feel free to just tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe what got you to Freedom Village. My name is John. I am an alcoholic. I have been an alcoholic for 20 years. The last 10 years of it, I've been in a very bad place with my alcoholism. I am 52 years old. The only thing I have right now is sobriety. I'm seven months sober. I walked into Congratulations. Yes, thank you very much. I walked into Terrace House on in Buffalo on January 29th at 11 a.m. for detox. I spent four months there and I am here now at Freedom Village. I have um, been blessed to have very, uh, several counselors that have basically saved my life considering the situation I was in. When I walked into detox, I was my blood pressure was at 186 over 135. Wow. And um, they were they were talking about sending me to the my drinking had gotten to the point where it was an all day everyday thing I was drinking to blackout. They were talking about sending me to the um, emergency room if the Valium didn't work to bring down my blood pressure and control the uh, you know the um, the DTs. Eventually, that worked out, and I became you know I was sober for the first time really in twenty years. My alcoholism, my alcohol use was every day. And the, the final three or four years, I was every day, all day. I didn't, I wasn't working. Unfortunately, I did have some, a little bit of money. So I was constantly drinking to forget issues. My drinking stems primarily because of my depression and things that I've done in my life. I hold myself in a very bad way right now, if you will. So I was drinking to forget a lot of things. And, um, but fortunately, I, Terrace House got me to a place where I was sober and I, Learn, I started learning, you know, how to deal. I started to learn how to deal. I'm still not to where I need to be, but they put me on the path to, you know, working through this with my counselors, you know, my mental, my depression issues, the drinking, which came from the depression. It started off as a tool and now it's become a, you know, it became an addiction. But I finally made it over here to Freedom Village, seven months sober. I do a lot of work. I take this very seriously. The people here, the people over there, I've had four counselors. They're a major force in my life. They taught me, the first one I met in detox taught me the compassion, you right. know, to make me feel like I wasn't, you know, I walked into detox stinking, um, literally. This is the horror story. It, it's the truth. I I hadn't showered in months. I was, a, I was totally ran down. I was drunk constantly. I was not taking care of myself. Right. They got me back on my feet, started making me feel like a human being again. Let let me know there's people who do care. These people cared. Sure. I moved, I moved up to the second floor, which is NC2 uh, and, and or NS2, yeah, forgive me. And um, that's when I started you know, doing the work on me, finding out what my problems were. And I found out that, yeah, there was a lot of stuff that I was avoiding in my lifetime and being intoxicated like I was for 20 years really – shades a lot of that and hides it. And now when you're sober, like I was, I was dealing with it for the first time and it's, it's still very tough. Absolutely. And it's, 
hard work and it's constant work, right? And you're putting in that work. Yeah, you have to, uh, you find, you know, it's something you have to do yourself when, you know, it's, it's not easy. There's, you know, people, you're living with other people who have their own issues. You have to extend empathy to people you don't know. Absolutely. They're going through trouble, you know, too. Absolutely. And, and I think that that's such a good point. You have to extend that empathy and, and it's, it's part of reducing that stigma and just allowing people to know that they have support and it's okay to call for help, go to one of, you know, the locations that can get you the help that might be necessary. There's, there's no shame in that. Right. And that's a tough thing for a lot of people to deal with. Um, I've seen because I've been with the gentlemen a lot with the with the guys a lot. And, you know, guys have to carry around that much, you know, that macho attitude and, you know, asking for help. I mean, once you can get yourself, you don't surrender, you submit. And because there's there are two different things and submitting is just saying, hey, I need some help here. You know, and for for, you know, guys are always put that I'm sure it's hard for anyone. But I can only speak for myself and the, and the people I've sat with, how hard it is for certain individuals. I mean, and some of them, it's a nightmare for them. I mean, I was lucky enough to be able to surrender pretty, submit pretty easily. But then, you know, that, you know, the real work starts once you submit it and you understand here's your, you got to accept all your problems, all your fault. You have to look at everything you did and you have to, it, it's a harsh reality once you realize how bad you've become how how awful things have become for you and how out of control right right and you know for for so many people that might you know be listening or family members or loved ones or even those that might be struggling with substance use or mental health or you know both right co-occurring like you and I talked about is is very common very real if you could tell someone who is struggling with mental health and or substance use a little bit about why they should consider treatment what would you what would you say basically i would say you're not you you it's the only way out it's the only way to get yourself clean. You can't do this alone. You have to have professional help. You need people around you that to care. I mean, because you're, you know, if you have families around you, you know, if you don't get help, I mean, the biggest thing I can say that I didn't do it in time is I lost everything. I've lost the people I loved. And if you, you know, you have to do this with somebody you have, you cannot do this by yourself. You need counselors. You need the people, you need your fellow addicts around you, the groups, the, you know, the, the camaraderie, the, the, you know, the support from everybody, because to try to do this by yourself, you're guaranteed to fail. Right. And there's so much support out there. Right. And that's another thing I think our community and really so many people don't realize is the amount of support and resources that are available. And, you know, it's, it's okay to pick up that phone. It's okay to walk through those doors because there's people there that want to help you on your journey to feeling better, to being, you know, healthier and to working towards recovery. Yes. I mean, you, you, you have to, um, you have to lose the ego, you know, you got to lose your pride. And you got to really take a harsh look at what you are and what you've become. And once you can do that, then you can start fixing things. You get into, you get into a good, you know, like I walked into horizon and it was, you know, 
you know, you find a good group of people you sit with and, you know, the groups, the people you sit with are every bit as important as important to the, to your recovery as the counselors you sit with. Because when you sit with people who are going through the same thing with you, you, you're, there's mutual empathy there and you can learn, you, you know, like I, this is my first time in rehab and I've sat with some very strong, hardcore individuals who've done real jail time. I have not done jail time. Mm-hmm. I've, or to have done jail time, have been through, you know, stuff tougher than I've gone through. And I've learned from them. They taught me to be humble, to submit, to not think you have this, to, to keep your, keep your head on your shoulders at all times. Because you, 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 one thing you have to learn when it comes to addiction, you will never get it. Even when I say get it, you will never have full control. This is a lifetime of work. Sure. Yes. And, yeah, I was blessed with some gentlemen who were very harsh. I mean, they weren't, you know, patting me on the behind and saying everything's going to be all fine. They gave me the true vision of what you got in front of you. And I, I thank God for that, because that's what's kept me, you know, here when I, you know, I could walk out of this place anytime. Right. I stay here because I need to stay here. I know my enemy. I know myself and I have to stay until the job's done. Because right. I'll never have a chance for happiness if I don't. Right. Right. And you deserve that. You deserve that happiness and that. We all do. Everyone does. And absolutely. It's hard. When you get a good, the thing is, the one thing I can't say enough about is groups. When you get a good group of addicts, you know, fellow addicts sitting around, you know, you start as a community of individuals. You know, this person doesn't like this person. This person doesn't like this person. You got your you know, little fiefdoms and territories. But then after a while, when you see people start to submit and then you become a group. Now, you may still not like that individual, but you empathize with that person and you surround each other with love. I mean, and the love of the fact that I respect you, you're going through what I'm going through. And it goes from a group of individuals to a a solid wall of humanity that cares about each other. And when one person's having a problem, we surround that person and give them the love and support. And it's a beautiful thing when you see that happen. And that's what gives my heart. That's what keeps me going. A good conversation between three or two or three of my brothers here, like I just had one a couple of nights ago. It would be, it was wonderful. We just sat and talked about issues and how we feel. And you know, that, that warms you inside. It makes you feel good. And the next day we're all walked by. Hey, that was a great conversation last night. It makes you feel better. It keeps you going. It does. It does. That, that vulnerability is scary and tough sometimes, but what it evolves into is something that keeps you on that, on that road, right. On that journey. Yes. Yes. And you have to have it. It's, you know, cause then that, even once you're on the outside coming to a place like this is, you know, you have, it teach it teaches you how to act, you know, you learn how to speak in here. You learn to talk, to talk about it with other people. Cause on the outside, if you don't know how to talk, it puts you at a, you know, disadvantage, you know, it doesn't teach, you know, it's easy to stay sober here. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying what I've done isn't a great thing, a good thing. I could have walked out at any time. It's easier to stay sober here, but it gets you, it builds up that war chest for you. You okay. I got this tool. I got that tool. Yes. I'm coming out sober. But when you get out of the real world, that's when the the rubber meets the road, road and you got to walk. You got to do the walking instead and the talking. Yes. But when you're here, you take advantage of this these places, especially this place, and learn and you know fight off the aggravation, fight off the loneliness. That's the hardest thing for me is the loneliness. You know. Sure. Sure. And you know, like you said, just 
using those skills and remembering everything that you have learned and, and remembering that every day and using that, you know, to get to each day, right? Yes. What would you say is one or a few of the experiences that stand out most to you during treatment that were those accomplishments that you felt or those incredible moments that you felt amongst all the hard work that you have been putting in? The very first thing I remember is making an impact me concerning uh, coming into Terrace House through for, uh, for my detox. It was the second week I was in detox. I walked in, no, I walked in in very bad clothing. My shoes were off. I was just, I was a wreck. You know, I didn't bring much with me. I didn't have much to bring. And, you know, my shoes were shot. They were holes. And and the one, you know, which this is what taught me the group thing, the meaning, the the necessity for your fellow individuals and your, you know, that you're fighting with. It's like an army. This gentleman, we didn't really get along. We had had some words, which you will, you know, is, you know, was ever going to get along. But he walked up to me the one day and he goes, those your sneakers? I go, yeah, that's all I got. And I thought he was going to give me an attitude or something because he was, he was a hard edge. Yeah. Turned and handed me a brand new pair of sneakers. He goes, here, buddy, get rid of those. Wow. Now that right there, that's one thing that said to me, I I was very, that I was very standoffish and that made that, that's what set my sights straight, you know, to have someone do that to me who, you know, we didn't really get along for the first few days. Sure. And for him to, you know, have that empathy for me to come up and do that. That taught me, one, to take care of my fellow people in here. We work together. We have to. Sure. You got to pull each other up, right? Yes. You got to, you know, we're all here for each other. It's hard for some people to understand. There's some people that will never understand it. We're all going through our own tough times, you know? Absolutely. But um, the one, the biggest thing, the one thing for me that gave me the biggest joy, you know, in my recovery made me, you know, want to speak out and help other people is a gentleman I became friends with over at Terrace House once I moved upstairs out of detox was having a very hard time. He was, um, his, his girlfriend, um, was, you know, letting him speak to his children, you know, and he was really upset. I saw this and I talked to, I, Hey man, you know, you know, can I give you an arm here? Can I give you an ear? And he's like, yeah, we went and sat somewhere. We talked for a good three hours, you know, and he was crying and just, you know, and I was just there, you know, I didn't know what to say. I didn't have anything to say, but I figured it's just listening. And, you know, we talked for a while and a while and he was talking about leaving and I, the conversation just flowed and, you know, he just poured it out to me. At first I was shocked at a guy who barely knew me, didn't know me that well. I mean, when I say friend, I knew this guy for a few days and we had some good conversations. He's, he was pouring stuff out to me and I felt honored that he trusted me with that, that he needed something. And I was there for him. I felt good about it. Yeah. Cause I have a very, I have, I had a terrible sense of worthlessness. I've self-hatred and that made me that what it helped me, but I know it helped him and that helping him helped me. Right. We sat there and he's crying and then he started lightening up and I, I had a few good things to say. I wasn't trying to be a counselor because I'm not, I'm a man and I understand what it is to loss. I've lost, I lost two goddaughters. I lost a woman I loved very much to this and it was all my fault. I hold no ill will against anyone. I'll never be able to make up to what I, you know, to not being there for my goddaughter. He said, it kills me some days. But to see this man speak to me like that when he barely knew me, he knew me for a couple days and we hugged it out. And it was great. He's like, man, thank you. I go, you're just going to stay. 
I go, you have to go. If you think about leaving in the middle of the night, come to my room. I don't yeah. care. I'll take the rib. Woke yeah. up the next day. The first thing I did is went to his, make sure he's getting up for breakfast. He answered. I go, you still here? He walked out and hugged me. He goes, man, if it wasn't for you, I would have left last night. Yeah. And that really, and it, you know what that did? That also, you know, just being able to listen to him before he said that cemented my mentality about being staying through this whole thing. Cause at that time I only planned on staying the 28 days. And at that moment I realized, yeah, I'm going to stay longer. Right. You know, I have to do the full run. And he, right now he is down the road from me in horizon. He's got his children coming to see him every week. It's beautiful. You know, I see him. I don't get to see him like I would love to because right now, you know, they keep us a little separated. But every once in a while, I'll see him walking, you know, doing the walk around the loop and I'll wave to him. He's like, you know, and it was just such. And I talked to him on the phone. It was so great to hear how, you know, his kids are coming to see him and everything is going good. And it's just like, man. That, that, that just, that's the stuff that keeps you going when you don't have anything out there. Right. And you're leaning on one another and pulling each other up and you each are, are kind of being there for one another when you know, you know, someone may not be doing well or might be struggling a little bit more. And, and that's when they need that empathy the most. Yes. I've had it returned to me. I was going exactly. through a, a situation, you know, I was feeling... You know, I have, like I said, I do deal with a lot of self-hatred and it's heavy for me at nights. Nights are very difficult for me still. I mean, yes, I am learning to go through things. I'm taking, I'm going through EMDR uh, sessions, which are helping me and they're getting into the deep stuff that's, you know, keeps me feeling the way I do. But it's still hard to, when you lose somebody you love tremendously after 17 years, and I know it was my fault. I never hurt physically. I never physically hurt her or hurt anyone. I never stole I became an alcoholic and I ignored the needs of the people around me. And I wasn't able, I, because of my depression, I didn't go and do the right thing for my other issues. I went, I took the easy way out and just killed it with alcohol. And that unfortunately destroyed everything for me, you know, but the one day I was having a very serious day and it was tough for me. And I was in a meeting and I, I was crying and I couldn't help it. And I cry a lot. Uh, you know, the one of the biggest myth is men don't cry. That's <laughs> that needs to get thrown out the window because I cry every night before I go to bed. And that's the okay. things I've lost. You know, but that day I was sitting there and I'm crying. I asked the you know the counselor. I go, listen, I can't do this today. I got to go to my room. And the one kid, just another gentleman that we didn't talk much, he stood up. He goes, dude, no, you need to stay here today with us, please. And the counselor was awesome. She knew how to work the room. She goes, why don't you guys talk to, you know, let's talk this out. She got, we sat there and all these people, three of which I barely knew surrounded me and gave, you know, made me feel good in that same vein. Right. That's the power. You know, that's the, you know, that can be a higher power. They always say in certain um, methodologies of, you know, like uh, AA, NA, to find a higher power. A higher power can be a religion. It could be this, it could be that, but it could be the group. And for me, it's the group. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so important. So September is recovery month. As you've been on this journey and working hard every minute of every day, what would you say recovery means to you? Getting my dignity back, becoming a good man again. I don't know where I'm going to go with it. I have a lot of work to do, but that's what it means to me, becoming a 
good man in my eyes, in my eyes, so I can be good for some other, some, for other people, maybe have a relationship a day, someday again. Mm-hmm. But recovery is for me, is just be getting better all the time, becoming better, becoming a better person, a stronger person. Absolutely. You know, it's just trying to find happiness again. Absolutely. And you're working at it. And that's what anybody can only hope for. Yes. Yes. It breaks my heart. I mean, I hate to see anybody going through, you know, I see gentlemen of different ages and right now, you know, right now I'm sitting with gentlemen anywhere from a little for older than me than to younger than me. And it hurts, you know, I mean, to feel that they're going through what I went through. What really is when I see the younger guys, younger kids come in here, it's like, man, and you hear they have children. It's like, you know, you have no idea. You know, you, you, you have no idea if you don't stop how bad, I mean, people, families and loved ones only have a small, they, they, they can stay with you for a long period of time, but they will give up on you. They have to at some point. Right. I found out, I found that out the hard way. My, my ex-girlfriend stayed with me for 10 years and uh, she finally had to say enough. It's enough. It's the way it is. I don't, I don't hate her. I mean, we still have a good relationship. She supported me 100% through this whole thing. That's wonderful. You know, which is, you know, shows you the compassion it that does. she's been able to exercise. I put her through a lot, just emotionally. I did the, one of the worst things you can do is ignore her. Now that you're, you know, continuing to work and have those conversations and putting that compassion out there and empathy for others, that that's all anybody can, can ask for and hope for. Yeah. And it's something I plan to do for after, you know, once I'm back on the, you know, back in, if, for lack of a better term, back in the world, I want to volunteer and help and sit and talk, go to meetings, tell my story. You know, if I can help somebody, you know, be in here for anybody, a phone number here, call. I'm always right. available, you know, Absolutely. that's, you know, one, I want to help people. And two, it keeps you, you know, it keeps me, it would keep me, you know, locked in the way I need to be. But just, right. wanting, just wanting to help people be there for someone because I know how lonely I feel right now. And if you can make, you know, if, if, you know, every once in a while when I sit with somebody and have a good conversation, that takes some of that away. And I think that's a that's a huge thing for people. The loneliness is got is murder. It's really is when you're all alone and you know, especially during once you get sober, the things the things that used to bother you when you're drunk are ten times as worse or drunk or addicted in active addiction, I should say, um, are ten times worse when you're sober because you got to go through all that without that barrier. Sure, you know, sure. And being alone with your own thoughts can be you know can be probably the worst form of torture. I've you know I've been through some rough stuff in my life, but. Yeah, yeah, it could be so difficult and add to it. And, you know, the only way to keep fighting forward is to just keep going to those groups, keep going to your right individual sessions, keep having those conversations and leaning on each other for support. Absolutely. 100%. So I just can't thank you enough for your openness and honesty about your journey and what you've been working on, what you continue to work on. If you could say anything right now to anybody considering getting that help, what would you say? Oh, boy, there's so many things. But the biggest thing was what I can say is just do it. Do something. Don't sit where you're at. Don't continue with this. It's a dead end. You will end up dead in jail, alone, 
none of it is good. Just come in, take yeah. up the phone, put down the pride, put down the, you know, give yourself a shot. And if you slip, get back up and come back in. Because everybody makes mistakes, but the second you stop trying is when you're going to fail completely and just, just come on in, you know, submit, come on in, just do it, please. Well, thank you so much, John. Is there anything else you wanted to say that I didn't ask or we didn't cover? No, that was very, you know, that was, I I appreciate the opportunity to do this because like I said, this helps me very much and this place has saved my life. I can honestly say that I am not fronting to get points with anybody this place saved my life and it's showing you know it's getting me back to where i need to be and i felt so bad the last three or four months the last five six months about myself i'm starting to feel better like today knowing this was coming up knowing that i'm doing better i'm starting to feel that warmth again that happiness when i wake up once in a while it's a good thing good and i thank you very much for allowing me to do this i appreciate it very much well we thank you for trusting us and with your story and your journey. And we're so proud of you and happy for everything you've accomplished and all that's ahead. You have so much support out there and I hope you're proud of yourself. I know you keep saying how much longer you have to go and, you know, everyone will be with you every step of the way to see you succeed. Thank you guys. Thank you so much, John, and we appreciate it. And um, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Please, I look forward to it. God bless. You too. Thanks. Thank you to John for sitting down with us today and allowing us to hear more about his journey through treatment, navigating recovery, and how his passion for helping others while in treatment is motivating him even more. September is National Recovery Month, and we appreciate you all tuning in to hear about John's recovery and the hard work he displays each and every day. We hope this conversation has allowed you to see the importance of this education in our communities and recognizing the treatment and resources available here as well. You can always visit our website at horizon health org to learn more about our treatment options that are available for individuals, groups, families, and loved ones. Be sure to subscribe to Heart to Heart to stay up to date and informed on the latest resources, support, and education that matter most to our community. Please follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for continued conversations around mental health and substance use resources for those in need. Thank you for tuning in today.